Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. He is a yoke-destroying, burden-removing God. That's who he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I just want to run, 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 run. Shout, 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 shout. Glory be to God. I'm just looking for Isaiah chapter 10. Verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day. This is Isaiah looking forward to the time and hour we're living in today. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. How many people know we have an enemy? We have an enemy. We don't just have natural enemies. We have spiritual enemies. There are demon spirits, evil spirits that would seek to try to oppress our lives. Put burdens on us. But the Bible says it'll come to pass in that day. Our day. Today's the day. Where what? Where his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. And his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing oil is talking about the holy symbolic of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when that anointing of him comes upon you, it destroys the yoke. It destroys those bondages and removes those burdens from your life. God wants us to live a loosed and free, burden-free life. That's the kind of life he has for you and me. That's the kind of life he has for his kids. That's the kind of life he has for his people. God didn't create people so that he can wrap them up and put them in bondage. God didn't create people so he can torture them. That's not why he created people. He created people for his enjoyment. To enjoy us. To have fellowship with us. For us to be able to walk with him. Walk in his freedom. He is a free God, and he wants us to walk with him. And to do that, we've got to be free. We've got to be free. We can't be bound. I I think of Peter's mother-in-law, how she was bound with an awful fever. And the Bible says that the disciples came to Jesus and told him and said, you know, Peter's mother-in-law, she's got a terrible fever. Jesus came in there. He rebuked the fever, touched her, lifted her up, and the fever left her. And then it says, and she served, she served him. She was able to get up and serve. She was able to do things with the Lord. She was able to do things for the Lord, but she couldn't do it as long as she was bound with that fever. But Jesus went about demonstrating the goodness of the Father. He went about destroying yokes, removing burdens, setting captives free. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's the Father's will. It's God's will for you to be free, free, free. Not just free, but free indeed. Completely free. Fully free. Totally, totally, totally free. Absolutely nothing holding you. Nothing binding you. Nothing entangling you. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. We've been talking about hindrances to being loosed by the Lord. God wants everybody loosed. But there are certain hindrances that keep people from experiencing what God has for them. How many people know we have to cooperate with God? For God to be able to get his will done in the earth, it doesn't just happen because he wants it done. It happens because people want it done and they get in faith and they believe him. And that means they cooperate with him for him to be able to get it done. It doesn't just happen. It's not whatever God wants to do, he just does it. That's not how it works. If that was the case, we'd be experiencing days of heaven right here on earth right now. Everybody would be experiencing days of heaven because he said that that is the will of the Father. He told his disciples to pray that God's will would be done on earth just like it is, just like it is in heaven. 
So that is his will. So if it was just up to God, it'd be heaven down here. It would be heaven down here right now for everybody. But it's not all up to God. He needs you and I to cooperate with him. Man, remember, man messed it all up when he sinned in the beginning. And man's been sinning ever since. And he's been messing a lot of things up. A lot of things have gotten messed up in the earth. And it's caused a lot of people to get entangled. It's caused a lot of people to be bound with things that God does not want them bound with. And to sit there and say, well, you know, God puts this on people to teach them something. Or God works in mysterious ways. And that's why, you know, people are sick. That's why people are dying. But, you know, God will never put more on you than you can handle. And they just blame God for everything, that he's just putting stuff on them, that he's putting stuff on them. And me well know a lot of times people are putting stuff on themselves. A lot of times the devil's putting stuff on them, and it's because the people have opened the door to let the devil come in and put it on him. Are you listening to me? So a lot of stuff's happening. That's not the will of God, but we want God's will. And God's will for us and for all is to be loosed, is to be free, 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 free of all bondage. Free of all oppression. Not a burden on your shoulder. Praise God, not a burden on your shoulder. Didn't he say in a couple of different places in the New Testament, he said, casting all your care on him. For he cares for you. He wants all your cares on him. He don't want you carrying the cares. He doesn't want you carrying the burdens of life. He wants you free, and he wants you going forth, setting other people free. Taking his word, taking the truth to others, and setting them free. See, we're not not to just be out there, you know, being soul winners in the sense of just making converts. We need need to go out. we We need to get people saved. In other words, we need to make converts. No, we're not in the business of making converts. We're in the business of setting captives free. That, that's the business we're, we're in the business of destroy, using the anointing of God that's on our life to destroy yokes and remove burdens. Yeah. To set people free. Not make converts, but to transform lives by the power of God. To set people free. Somebody say, I'm in the life-setting free business. Praise God. That's better than being in the insurance business. Right. Amen. That's in the life assurance business. Do we have any life assurance sales folks out there? Come on, life assurance. We got the assurance of eternal life. And so that's the business we're in. And we need to get aggressive about it too. I said we need to be aggressive about it just like a good salesman of insurances. I mean, if he's, you know, if he's sold on his insurance so much that he wants to sell you his insurance, how much more should you be sold on your life assurance that, man, you just got to get it to people? You got to get it to him. Amen. Of course, it's no cost. Hallelujah. And uh, Jesus paid all, the, all that needed to be paid on that. He paid the full price for people to be liberated, to be set free. All we got to do is share it. All we got to do is give it. Can you say amen? Just give the good news. Give them a, a piece of the anointing. Because all it takes is just a drop of the oil of gladness to get people out of sadness and to get people happy. Come on, to get people delivered, to get people, you got more than enough. I said, you got more than enough. We don't have to wait around. We've got it. We've got it. We've got more than enough. Now, there's just some thinking that needs to get tweaked. We got to get some thinking turned around. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're looking at these different hindrances. What hinders people from being loose? If it's God's will for people to be loose, what could possibly be hindering them? Well, we've gone over to Luke chapter 13. Why don't we go there again this morning? Luke chapter 13, we're looking at a woman that was successfully loosed by the Lord. She was successfully loosed, and there's some principles that we can learn from her. And in verse 10, now he was, Jesus, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. On the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed. 
from that, from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Somebody say religion is cruel and stupid. That's just, that's just what it is. This is a religious man in the synagogue. And here he's just, he doesn't care about this woman being healed, you know, because it's, it's a sacred day. And the sacred day is much more important than that woman. Verse 15, and the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Think of it. For 18 years. Think about it, sir. 18 years this woman has been bound by Satan. Should she not be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? So here we see, number one, that it is Satan that is behind people being bound. He's the one behind sickness. He's the one behind infirmity. He's the one behind all the terrible things that happen in the world. Satan and his demons. They're the ones that are responsible for the problems in the world. Not God. God is not the one responsible. God is not the one behind the binding of people, the oppressing of people. That's not his business. Remember, Jesus said at 12 years of age, he said, I must be about my father's business. Well, see, that's what he was about. His whole earthly ministry was about the father's business. What business is the father in? Well, Acts chapter 10 says that he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Talking about Jesus. He went about healing those who were oppressed, not by God, but by the devil. And the Bible tells us over in 1 John, holding your place there in uh, Luke 13, 1 John 3, verse 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is why Jesus came. This is why he was manifested. This is why he'll manifest himself today. It's for what purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy in the original language means to loose any person or thing tied or fastened. To loose one bound. To unbind. To undo. Jesus came to loose you. Jesus came to loose folks from things that are, from sins that are binding them. From like this woman, infirmities. Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity. This was some kind of infirmity and it was a demonic thing and it had her bound. It doesn't matter what kind of viruses or flus or fevers are running rampant or people are getting all in fear about. It doesn't matter. If you got the name of Jesus. I said if you got the name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Because in his name is yoke destroying burden removing power. His name will loose you from all bondage. It will loose you from any kind of bad habit. Any kind of problem you may have. So that I'm sorry to say for some you have no excuse. You have no excuse for remaining bound. We will, not stand before, we will not be able to stand before the Lord and say, but Lord, I was bound. And he'll say, why? 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 Why didn't you believe my word? Why didn't you believe in the power of my name? Why didn't you believe in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? A lot of folks are looking for sympathy for being bound. They're not going to get it from the Lord. The Lord's not into pity. He's into delivering people. 
that really want to be delivered. That don't want to just be pitied and just pity themselves. And woe is me. And I feel so bad for myself. Don't you feel bad for me? I'm hurting so much. No, I want you free. I don't want to just sit here and have a pity party. I want to have a freedom party. Right? I want to have a freedom party. And the Bible tells us in the book of James that we're going to be judged by the Lord according to the law of liberty. According to the law of liberty. In other words, how free were you? How much of my freedom that I gave you did you walk in? How much of my freedom did you enjoy while you were on the earth? See, we're not going to get praised for walking around bound. We're going to be praised for receiving his deliverance, receiving his salvation, receiving his healing. He has compassion for us. He's very compassionate. God is moved with compassion. And we should be compassionate. But that's different from pity. From just sitting there, you poor thing. I feel so bad for you. Why would I feel bad for you if I could set you free? I have compassion on you. I can't think of it. 18 years. I, I'm, I, I have compassion. But why would I have pity if, and, and feel so bad for you, if I have the answers that loose you, that set you free? See, no, there's, there's no one walking around feeling bad for people. Jesus didn't sit there and feel bad for this woman. He had compassion, and he did something about it. Compassion, true compassion, does something about it. Pity don't do anything, but just wallow. Just wallows in it, you know. Let me just, let me, you're wallowing, I'll just connect with you. And we'll all just wallow in hopelessness. Right? We'll all just wallow in hopelessness. We'll all do a wallow, wallow, wallow. A wow, wow, wow. How awful it is. How terrible it is. No, 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 no. No more pity. Compassion. And compassion does something. It does something. It does something. For us, it manifests the Lord. It manifests him. Faith manifests the Lord. Faith manifests him to do what, he manif- what he's manifested for. And that is to destroy the works of the devil. Or again, to loose. To loose any person or thing tied or fastened. To undo. To undo the works of the devil. Praise God forever. So just like this woman. We're to be loose. Now, I was talking about spiritual cords last time. And uh, there were a number of scriptures, and I'll just roll through a couple of them real quick. In Psalm, Psalm 18, verse 4. This is the New International Version. It says, the cords of death entangled me. And I'm going to go somewhere a little different here. I'm going to take it to just go another, take it another level, you know. Not that we couldn't just sit here and repeat last week and not say it was good. But we're going to get some other things here. Psalm 18, 4. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords, everybody say cords. Of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. So there are spiritual cords. There are spiritual ropes that bind people. And it manifests In many different ways. Many different ways. Sickness, which is a form of death, right? Death in in relationships. Death and all kinds. Death of people's faith. Death, Death of people's hopes. People experience all kinds of death in their life. And the root of that are these spiritual ropes that the devil has bound them with. That's what the Bible's telling us. It's giving us insight into spiritual things here. In Psalm 116, verse 3, again, in the New International Version, it reads, The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me, and I was overcome by distress and sorrow. So again, distress, sorrow, anguish, be it overcome, is the result of these spiritual cords. that we, They're spiritual, we can't see them. These cords of death. Jesus understood this. That's why he said concerning this woman, be loosed. That's why he, he commanded her to be loosed. Because he knew that she was entangled. That there was, 
there was bondages wrapped around her in the spirit realm. And he demanded them to be taken off of her. And once they're taken off in the spirit, you'll see the manifestation of the healing and the deliverance in the natural, in the physical. Now I want to take you to Psalm 129. I didn't do this one. Psalm 129 verse 4, it says, The Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. Notice that. He has cut in pieces the cords. What cords? The cords of the wicked, the cords of death, the cords of sorrow, the cords of distress, the cords of anguish. He's cut them in pieces. The Lord has done it. Let me read it from the New International Version. But the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. Now again, I I like this where it says he has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. I was meditating on that one day. And the Lord was reminding me of, of Jesus and how the Lord, how he, how right before being crucified, he was whipped, he was beaten. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, verse 24, it says, by his stripes, by whose stripes? You were healed. You were healed. Well, we know a healing is a being loosed from these cords that have people bound. And so it says, by his stripes, by his stripes, they were, they were laying those stripes on his back as they were whipping him, as he was tied to that whipping post. They were, they were laying those stripes on his, and it says, by those stripes, you were healed. And the Lord connected that to this scripture where it says, the Lord is righteous, he has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. And I saw that as the Lord was tied there to that whipping post, he took all our sicknesses, all our infirmities, all our bondages, everything that is a curse upon himself. He was entangled. He wasn't just tied up by Roman soldiers. He was bound by Satan for us. Not because of his own sin, not because of his own lack of faith, but because... He cared for us so that we would be loosed. And so as he was being whipped, he was wearing those cords. The cords of sickness, the cords of distress, the cords of oppression. He was wrapped up and tied up with these spiritual cords. He wasn't just tied with physical ropes. He was tied with demonic oppression as he was naturally bound to that whipping post. And as those stripes were being laid upon him, in the spirit, those cords with every stripe were being cut. They were cutting every cord, every cord. There goes sickness, infirmity, distress, ba-boom, boom Every time he was whipped, another cord was cut so that what the psalmist said, The Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked, of the wicked one of Satan. So that now all the cords have been cut. I said all the cords have been cut. What does that mean? That means all we have to do is get in faith about the stripes of Jesus. Get in faith about what he's done and what's going to happen. Anything that might seem to be binding you will fall in pieces at your feet. Amen. See, the devil, he, he, he counts on our ignorance. He's counting on your ignorance of the stripes of Jesus. So what he does is he picks up all these pieces of the cord and he tapes them together. He uses scotch tape and... And he just tapes it all together, and it, and, and it looks like it's all together. And then he wraps that around me. I'm so bound. I'm so sick. I mean, I feel such pain. There's such anguish. I'm dealing with such distress. And, they're, and there they are. They're all coiled up. They're, they're bound by death, those cords. But as we look a little closer at those cords, 
as we take out the magnifying glass of the word of God and we put it up against your cord that's got you bound we begin to see wait a second this thing's been cut this thing's been cut in pieces come on this has already been cut in pieces and we just ripped that thing off we just ripped that thing off and we're loosed loosed being loosed is easy because the Lord has already cut the cords in pieces. And the devil's counting on your ignorance to allow you to let some scotch tape hold that bondage together in your life. I'm telling you, all your problems, all your problems are being held together by nothingness. Nothingness. Somebody say freedom is easy. It's easy. What happened to this woman? The Bible says immediately. 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 Now, yeah, if you got to work, if your faith needs to work through something, thank God through faith we can work through it. You understand what I'm saying? But that's according to our faith. On God's side of it, it's done. It's done. It, I've already cut that thing to pieces. I wish I had an illustration. I wish I came with an illustration of this this morning, you know. You know, it's kind of like being wrapped up with streamers. You know, the Taliban, they come running in, they tie you up with some red streamers and they got you bound and then they leave you all alone for the night. We're out of here. Right? We're not going to sit there. We're not just going to sit there in jail, wait for the Taliban to come out in the morning. Are we? Oh, ISIS is coming again. No, bless God. Well, the same thing spiritually. The devil. A lot of folks just wait. What's the devil going to do next? What's the de- or, or what God's going to do next? I wonder if God's going to set me free. Get out the magnifying glass of the word of God. Recognize this deception that is keeping you bound. How silly folks must look to the angels. Angels look on. Can you see what we see? Apparently not. But thank God through the word we can see what they see. I said, we can see what they see because the word of God gives us inside information, inside revelation, so that we can see that the works of the devil have already been destroyed by Jesus. And we really are loosed. Now we just got to see how loosed we are and walk in it and enjoy it. Walk up to people. Help them to see it. Help them to see it so we can just tear it right off them. Can you say amen? All right, so... Number one, the number one hindrance, we said, for people in not being able to be loosed by the Lord is they blame God for things that are a work of the devil. And then number two, Jesus said, 18 years she's been bound. 18 years, Jesus said, over in verse 16. And it shows that God is concerned for how long things take for us to be healed or for us to be able to receive the things he has for us. Time matters to God. A lot of times people don't know that time matters to God. But time matters to God. And that's why he wants you healed now. He wants you delivered now. And there's no more of this in God's timing. Because we know now's the time. Now's the time. We've got scripture for that. We've covered that. Go back, listen to it, and, uh, and, and, you'll, and you'll hear those things. Number three, Jesus said, think of it. Think of it. And the third hindrance is many times people don't know how much God thinks about them. How much he thinks about them. That he is thoughtful. He is thoughtful and concerned. He thinks about you, and, and I know this is going to be tough for some to believe, but he thinks more about you than you think about you. And that's a lot. Right? He's more concerned for you than you're concerned for you because he did more for you than you ever did for yourself. He laid down his life for you. Some people can't even lay down a cigarette for themselves. I'm sorry. Some people can't even lay down to this for themselves. They can't, they can't lay down. He laid down his whole life for you. He cares more about you being loose than you care about being loosed. So he's thoughtful. We need to know that. He's very thoughtful, very compassionate, very compassionate concerning you. He's thinking of you. He's thinking of you. And then when Jesus saw her, of course, where was she? She was in the synagogue. 
She was in the synagogue, and that's the place where you come to meet with God. We could say it's the place of prayer. Remember, the Lord said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So we could say she's in the place of prayer. She's in the place of prayer, and therefore Jesus saw her there. She got herself in position for the Lord to move on her behalf. Prayer positions you. Positions you, gets you in position for the Lord to move on your behalf. But that's another hindrance. A lot of times people don't position themselves. They don't bring everything to God in prayer. And then hindrance number five. It says, he called her to him. He called her to him. Well, she needed to be aware of him calling her. Isn't that right? She needed to be aware of him calling her. And a lot of times people are looking for answers to their prayers while failing to look for God, the one that they're praying to. We need to be looking for him so that when he speaks, when he talks, when he calls us, we're aware of it. And we're able to respond to him. And that leads us to this Number six hindrance. This number six hindrance. Bible says she came. Let's look at it here in uh, Luke 13, verse 12. But when when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed. You are loosed from your infirmity. Well, it doesn't say it. But notice, it says he called her to him. And quite obviously, she not only heard it, but she answered it. See, just because you hear his call, and you need to hear, you need to be aware of him talking to you. Remember, Jesus said in in John 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice. So we need to be hearing from him. We need to be aware of him. That's number one. We need to know when he's calling us, what he's calling us to do. And then we need to answer the call. We need to respond to him. Now that might seem strange, but there's a lot of folks, uh, you know, that God will speak things to them. But then they'll say, I didn't hear that. And they'll turn a deaf ear deliberately. They'll turn a deaf ear to that. Because it might be something they didn't particularly, according to the flesh, want to hear. And, or they'll hear something and they'll say, yeah, yeah, I know, I know God wants me to do this. I know he's calling me to do this. I know he's asked me to do this. And, uh, and I know I need to do that. Year one goes by. I know, I know God had told me back in 19 that I needed to, another year goes by. I know, I really, I know I need to do that. And another, another year goes by. And finally just forget about it altogether. See, there's one thing, hearing what he wants you to do is another thing, doing what he wants you to do. Responding to him. You've got to respond to the Lord. A lot of people, after hearing the Lord, don't answer the call. This is another hindrance. The Lord wants them loosed. See, again, we've got to understand it's not all on God. We're looking at what we can do. To ensure that we get loosed and to be able to help other people be loosed and free from anything that would try to bind them in life. Respond to the Lord. Come to Him. Do what He tells you to do. Do what He tells you to do. Obey. Now, people know you got to obey Him. God gave instructions to Adam and Eve, they didn't do what He said. They heard from Him, He gave them instructions, they didn't do what He said. And they brought all kinds of bondages upon themselves and upon the human race. So you can pray, pray, pray all day. But if you don't obey and answer the call, you'll still go astray and fall. You'll still go astray and fall. You got to yield. You got to respond to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, what he said then, he says now, come to me, 
All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you more bondages and more cares because that's what Christianity is all about. Now, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Lord, I can't come to you. I got, I got two jobs. I got to work here. I got to work there. Lord, you know I don't have time to come to you. Well, that's a hindrance to being loosed. I said, that's a hindrance to being loosed. Thank God she was in the synagogue that day. What happens if that, you know, Jesus wasn't teaching there every day. What happens if she wasn't in the synagogue that day? Now, she was there the week before and the week after, but she wasn't there that day. Her 18 years could have been another 18 years. She could have gone to her grave bound and never experienced being loosed. That's why I want to be led by God. I said, I want to be led by God. I don't want to just do my own thing. I want to be where I'm supposed to be so that I can receive what I'm supposed to receive. If you're not where you're supposed to be, how can you receive what you're supposed to receive? See what I'm saying? And so folks miss many times what God has for them because like, oh, I got to loosen for you today. <laughs> where are you going? And there you go. And a person goes off and they go somewhere else. They do something else. And they, Lord, I can't. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for prayer. I don't have time for my Bible. I mean, I try to sneak it in during my lunch break. You know how that is, God, <laughs> you know. And, but sometimes my phone goes down on me and I can't get that app to work, you know, that Bible app. And I, but you know I'm a busy person, Lord, and you understand my heart. And so you know, Lord, you know. Yes, he knows what you do. A lot of times people are like, Lord, you know my heart. And yeah, but he knows what you do, too. And what you do does not nullify what you have, you say you have in your heart. What you believe you have in your heart. What you know in your heart. It doesn't matter what you know in your heart. It's what you do. It's what you do because faith without doing is dead. Right? It's dead. That's good Southern talk right there. Dead. Amen. Not bad for a New Yorker. Dead. Been around here long enough. Dead, no work, no, dead. God say, yeah, I see what's in your heart. It's dead. You see what I'm saying? It's dead. See, it's, what does that mean? It's useless. I don't care if it's in your heart. It doesn't matter if it's in your heart. If you ain't doing it, it's dead. I know so much about God. I know so. People pride themselves on how much they know about God and the Bible. And they're a living sepulcher. They're full of dead men's bones. Dead letters. Dead men's bones. Just full of dead men's bones. Just put a nice flower around them. Nice arrangement. It looks so sweet. Come to him. Come to him. He says, come to me, all you who labor. Pastor, I just don't know what to do. I'm just laboring so hard. I got the answer for you right here. Come to him. Well, I have time for that. Well, you're going to have to decide what's more important. You're going to have to decide what's more important. If that's your salvation or he's your salvation. What's your salvation? That or him? What are you trusting in, that or him? I know it's getting quiet in here. It's starting to feel like a, a funeral service. I get that. <laughs> the dead bones are rattling. I get it. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. If you got a time of need, what do you need to do? You need to come. Come to him. Come to the throne of grace. Come boldly. Come boldly to his throne of grace that you may obtain what it is he wants you to have. You got to come and get it. Now, Lord, can't you? That's so hard, Lord. Can't you just drop it down over here? 
Come and get it. Come and get it. Come and get it. You know, if you're hungry enough and you hear the dinner bell ringing from a distance, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a ball game with your friends. You start smelling mama's roast out there in the country. Boy, I'm really feeling southern today. You're out there in the country, you know. And you smell mama's roast, you know. I mean, you can't really smell it, but you can smell it by faith, you know. And she's just a ringing the bell. And you're just a running, just a running to get yourself some. Praise God, especially if your brother's Esau. You don't want him to beat you there. He'll eat the whole pot before you even get there. <laughs> just having fun, why not? Psalm 32, verse 9. It says, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which, has, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Notice that. He's saying, don't be like a horse that, that you got to put something in their mouth and you got to force them. You don't, don't, don't be a dumb mule. Don't be a dumb mule where the devil's just got to keep a beating you and beating you and beating you and just beating you. Oh, it was half to death. Half to death. Before you finally realize, I better go pray. You know, I really, I really need to hear from God. I better get close to him. I better draw near to him. I, I better make sure that I'm in his will because I need to receive from him. Now you're half beaten to death by the devil. No, don't, don't, don't allow the, do- the devil to treat you like a, a, a mule, a big pack mule, carrying all these burdens, being whipped daily. No, 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 no. We just run to the Lord. Good times, tough times. I don't, I, we don't have to wait for tough times before we start praying. You know, we, don't, we have to wait for things, things to be going wrong before we find out, my God, I need to pray. I need to pray. I just need to pray. No, we need to be doing that now. All the time. We need him now. Even when it doesn't look like you need him, you need him. I said, even when it doesn't look like you need him, you need him. So let's not be deceived. Let's not be like a dumb horse. Let's gallop all the way to the Lord. Can you say amen? James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. See, see, you've got to do something. Draw near to him. He's right there. He'll draw near to you. I kind of liken it to, you know, illustrate it with like a mirror. You know, you see your, you see your reflection in the mirror. And the moment you start walking towards that mirror, you're going to start walking towards yourself. Right? You have to make your reflection. You know, you're over here. But it's, you make one step towards the mirror and your reflection makes a step towards you. You make another step towards the, your reflection and your reflection makes another step towards you. You back up, he backs up. See? That, that's, that's how it works. So you draw near to him, and, and he's drawing near to you. He's drawing near to you. You back off, and you back away from him. You draw near to him, he draws near to you. See, he's waiting on us to draw near to him. He's waiting for us to draw, draw near to him. He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. This is more than just praying. Oh, God, I just want you to change this, do this. Oh, God, just fix everything. I got to go to work. Thank you, God. I love you. Baby. That's not drawing near to him. That's just making a lot of noise. A lot of people think whining is praying. And it's just whining. It's not, it's not really praying. We need to pray. We need to draw near to God. Can you say amen? We're drawing near. This is a hindrance. This is why people don't receive their loosing from the Lord. So they stay bound. Even though it's scotch tape, they stay bound. Because they won't draw near to him. They can't see clearly. It just looks like on some iron chain. It's an iron chain. This is an iron bondage. And then you get a closer look. You put the word up to it. The whole thing's rusted. The whole thing's just rusted and just breaking apart. It's brittle. It's absolutely brittle. And you shake yourself from it. That's what he says in Isaiah. He says, shake yourself. Shake yourself from that stuff. Arise. Sit down in your place of authority. 
For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So he says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Now watch this next part of the verse. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, this is a big reason why people don't draw near to God. Because their hands are dirty. And their hearts are divided. They're divided. They, they love the Lord, they want the Lord, but... They love and they want this and they love and they want that. And their hearts are all divided and they're not just all in. I got news for you. With God, you got to be, you got to be all in. Because that's what faith is. Faith is all in. Faith is all in. Faith isn't just like, you know, a little bit in. Faith is all in. So, you know, God, you know, he's so merciful. And a lot of times he meets people where they're at. They're just like a half in, you know. And God does things for him. God moves on their behalf. But you know, as you grow in God, and as you learn about him, he expects you to be all in. You, know, you learn about his goodness and how wonderful he is. And stuff like that. Well, come on, let's go. Get all in. Get all in. Why would you only, be, why would you only have your toe in? Why would you only have your left leg in there? Why wouldn't you be, why wouldn't you be all in? So, so, but a lot of times, see, people aren't all in with the Lord because they're in with some other things. They got other things that are as equal to the Lord or even a little bit more important than the Lord. I mean, I even had the Lord deal with me years back uh, about sleep. You know, I, I remember I kept wanting to get up at a certain time, meet with God, and I just kept oversleeping, just kept oversleeping, kept oversleeping. And one morning I was, I was awakened, but I was half awake, just, just half in, half out. And uh, I heard the Lord say, in, in my thoughts, very strong. You love sleep more than me. I kind of shook myself and I fully woke up. You love sleep more than me. And then I thought of the scripture in Proverbs where it says, do not love sleep. So it's scriptural. You can love sleep. I said, Lord, I repent. Forgive me, you know. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, don't you feel sorry for me? Look how tired I am. And he's like, well, you just, you love sleep more than me. See, we've got to keep all our affections submitted to him. He's number one. He's number one. Our hearts are not divided. And our hands are not into all kinds of things that are unholy, ungodly. Things that Jesus wouldn't participate in. Come on, Jesus, let's go here. Then Jesus wouldn't go in there. If Jesus was here in the flesh, if Jesus walked into that place, whatever that place might be, that is contrary to him, and you're sitting in there, you might find yourself embarrassed. But you see, a lot of folks don't realize because they're not really aware of him. And, you know, this is kind of normal and Christians do these kind of things. You know, it's kind of like driving down the road thinking you're doing just fine, doing 70 and when it's 55 miles an hour until you see a, a, a certain kind of car. <laughs> right? Everything's just cool. Everybody's doing it. Okay, slow down. There's that blue car with those red lights on top of it. And now we slow down. So we become very conscious of our speed. When you draw near to God, you become very conscious of what's on your hands, what you're touching, what you're partaking of. So I just don't go much over to the Word of God, and then I don't have to see very much what's in my hands. And, uh, and, and so sometimes, you know, I just don't think we're going to go to that church anymore. Why, why, Margaret? Well, they'll never tell you why. They'll never tell you that it's because every time they go to that church, they see this dirt on their hands, but when they go to the church of the casual Christian, they never see that dirt, and it feels great over there. But it's getting... Let's bring the incense in at this point. I think the embalming has begun now. <laughs> I'm really having a great time this morning. Do you love clean hands? Then you love coming to him. If you don't love clean hands, you're not going to love coming to him. If you don't, if you, if, 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 if you want to be all in, you're going to love coming to him. But if you don't want to be all in, you're not going to love coming to him. 
hindrances. Hindrances, hindrances. This is why people think if it's God's will, it's going to happen. No, no. It's not all up to God. It's what are you doing with God? What are you doing with these things? What are you doing? A lot of what we do has a lot to do with how loosed we are. How many want to walk out of here loose today? I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope some of this is really whoops, cutting some tape. Huh? Am I cutting tape this morning? Pastor, you really cut tape this morning. I'm going to tell you right now. Right? Really convicted me. I mean, that word of God, that just cut some tape. I feel these cords coming off me. That's, that's all I'm doing. I'm just cutting tape with the sword of the Spirit. You know, the scissors of the Spirit. Just cutting tape. Praise God. That's good news, isn't it? All right. You ready for number seven? I got ten of them. Many can't be loosed of their bondages because it's a byproduct of what they like and won't let go of. Their bondage is a byproduct of what they like and won't let go of. And so we got to be willing to let go of anything that hinders our walk with God. Anything that hinders our walk with God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, laying aside, talking to Christians, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. Watch how you talk. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So drink in the word. And lay things aside. Because if we're, just, if we're just feeding on the word, just come to church and do Bible, 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 but we're not laying things aside, then we only got half the equation. Half the equation, half a loosing. Half of the equation, half a loosing. Do you see that? You got to lay aside and desire the pure milk of the word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. As we're looking under Jesus, as he gets bigger in our eyes, it's easy to lay things aside. As he becomes bigger in our eyes, it becomes easier to lay things aside. Weights, sins, any kind of thing that would hinder us in life. So we're looking unto him and we're laying stuff aside. Don't, don't, try, don't reverse that. Don't try to lay things aside and then look unto him and pray and seek him and go to church. No, come to church, read the word, pursue him, seek him. Because as you see him, as you're able to look unto him, you're able to get, you're able to lay these things aside. And as you lay these things aside, you're able to be loosed. And free in every area of your life. Can you say amen? Hindrance number eight. Jesus, notice what he said to her. He said, woman, someday in the sweet by and by when God's will in his timing, you will be loosed. You will be loosed from your infirmity. Did he say that? Did he say, woman, get ready, you're going to get loosed? No, what did he say to her? Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You are loosed. How could you say she's loosed? She's over here bent over, man. She's not loosed. She's, she, well, you are loosed. See, he saw her by faith. And that's how we need to see ourselves. And that's how we need to see others that we're ministering to. We need to see with the eyes of faith. And faith sees it as already done. That's why God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Because Abraham means father of many nations or father of multitudes. And he said, you are, I have, this is what God said to Abraham. He, his wife has been barren. The man is up in his 70s, 80s. And God says to him, I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of men. As far as God is concerned, it's done. 
I've already made you that way. Why? Because he, Romans chapter 4 says that he's a God who calls those things that do not exist as though they do. As though they did. He says it like it is, even though it doesn't look like it is at all. But that's how faith talks. That's how faith talks. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God. Don't feel like it. Don't matter. I am. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. By whose stripes you were healed. See, he doesn't say you're going to be healed. You were healed. Thank God you were. I'm going to agree with the Bible. Man, I don't feel like I am. Yeah, but he said I were. If he say I were, I was. Can you say amen? I were. I were healed. Praise God. See, that's how we got to start talking. Got to see ourselves. I am loosed. I'm loosed. Glory to God. You got to say it while you still feel bound. You got to say it while it looks like you're bound. You see, you got to agree with God. He spoke the word of faith over this woman. He said, woman, you are loosed. So again, hindrance number eight. Many are waiting to be loosed. Rather than hearing and believing, you are. You are, right? Because the cords have already been cut in pieces. See, it's just a matter of getting faith, but it's already been done. And then you are. Because you are. Because you were. You were, 2,000 years ago, you were. And so now believing that, you receive that. And you walk in the reality of that. Do you see that? He said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. Notice, he laid his hands on her. That's talking about contact with the power of God. Contact with the anointing of God. And what does the Bible say in Mark 16? Jesus said to us, he says, Those who believe in him will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. See, there is this law of contact and transmission. And many times the anointing is transmitted through contact, through the laying on of hands. And sometimes when somebody's been in a condition for a very, very long time, it's difficult for them just to hear the word and believe. They need a little extra help. And that's where the laying on of hands can come in. And that anointing of the Holy Spirit can come in. And so many fail to be loosed by the Lord because they don't have faith in the laying on of hands. They don't have faith to be loosed through the laying on of hands. We need to believe in that. We need to believe that God touches through our touch, through our hands. I said, God touches, God heals, God does miracles, God does all kinds of things through the laying on of of hands, so we need. Some people can't receive because they don't. They don't. Some don't even believe that. There's a lot of churches that don't even teach that. Don't believe that. They don't expect that at all. They don't expect through the laying on a hands, the power of God's going to be released and somebody's going to get delivered and healed. But yet it happens. It happens for those who believe. So that's a hindrance for some. They don't believe it, and so they don't receive it. I'm right there at number ten. Notice what it says. She was made straight immediately. Right. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Uh, she was made straight in the original language when you look it up. Uh, can be translated or mean to build anew. To build anew. So there was a rebuilding or a reconstructing of things in this woman's body that was taking place when Jesus laid his hands on her and spoke that word over her. There was was work being done. There was something being rebuilt, built anew, reconstructed. And so for that to happen in a person's life, they need to yield and cooperate with the one that's doing the work in their body. And many people fail to yield and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But we've got to learn to yield to him. I've laid my hands on people. I can feel the power of God flowing, but they're, they're not doing anything. They're just, they're just standing there stiff as a board, uncomfortable or, or self-conscious. And they're, not, they're more self-conscious than they are conscious of the anointing. They know something's happening, but they're not going to move because they don't want to do anything wrong. They don't want to embarrass themselves. 
And so nothing happens. There's no loosing. The power of God's manifesting, but nothing's happening in their life because they don't know how to yield and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But this woman, obviously, she allowed the Holy Spirit to work. She she allowed him to build anew, to do do some construction work on the inside of her, and as a result of that, she received full healing. I'm going to add a number 11 here, and she glorified God. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. I'm telling you, you got to glorify God. When God moves in your life, when there's a deliverance, when there's a healing, when he does something, when he speaks to you, he reveals things to you. Friend, you don't just say that was really nice. You glorify God. You worship God. You exalt God. You shout about it. Amen. You get excited about what the Lord has done. You tell folks about it. You go tell the good things that God has done for you. And that's a good way to keep it. Keep the healing. Keep the deliverance. Keep yourself loosed by keeping yourself thankful for what the Lord has done. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Recap. Hindrance number one. People blame God for things that are a work of the evil spirits. Number two. Many don't know that God wants them well now. Now is his timing. Number three, many don't know how much the Lord thinks about them, how thoughtful he is towards them. Number four, people fail to being everything before, fail to bring everything before the Lord in prayer. Number six, many don't come and draw near to God. They don't really draw near to him. Number seven, many won't let go of the source of what has them bound. Number eight, many are waiting to be loosed rather than believing that they are. They are loosed. And number nine, many don't have faith to be loosed through the laying on of hands. Number 10, many don't yield to and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Number 11, Many don't glorify God as they ought and therefore many times go back to being bound with the thing that had them bound before they were loosed. Praise God. Don't you just want to glorify God for the word this morning? Why don't we stand up and just give him a shout and give him thanks. Praise God. Wow. What revelation. What great things he showed us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the utterance this morning. Thank you for teaching us and showing us these great things. So grateful, so grateful, so grateful. Thank you for this great anointing. Thank you for this great flowing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you gave the utterance. You're moving. You're giving revelation. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anything that's got anybody bound, Lord, we thank you that there's no excuse for them not walking out of here loose tonight, today. They can walk out of here loosed and free because Jesus, Jesus has already cut in pieces, cut in pieces the cords of the wicked hallelujah praise God let's just shout glory to God glory to God glory to God hallelujah oh thank you Lord thank you Lord let's do let's confess let's declare say this with me say heavenly father you are my father because Jesus is my Lord I declare Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I believe it is your will for me to be loosed and free, not bound by anything, any work of the devil. I thank you, God, for setting me free, for loosing me. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to be a pack mule for the devil. I refuse to hide my hands from the light. I come into the light. Forgive me for where I'm not right. In my talk, in my walk, in my attitude, wherever I haven't walked in love. I repent of that. Forgive me. Cleanse my hands. Wash me, Lord. Forgive me of all idolatry, putting anything before you. Purify my heart. Straighten out my mind. Help me now to be a single-minded soldier focused on serving you, drawing near to you, knowing you, 
being strong in faith. Thank you, God, for doing this work in my life. And I declare over myself right now concerning issues in my life. If you got any issues, if you got any issues, examine your life right now. Examine your life right now because you're going to declare yourself loosed. Hallelujah. You're going to declare yourself by faith loosed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. And we're not going back to being bound. Oh, hallelujah. In the name, in the name of that mighty name of Jesus. Devils come out in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sicknesses go in the name of Jesus. Oh, sin goes in the name of Jesus. Sinfulness has to go. All bad habits, all things of the evil one have to bow its knee in the name of Jesus in my life. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Thank. Come on, some of you got to get willing. You got to get willing. Got to get willing. Don't be, don't be someone that's going to hang on to something. You got to be willing to let it go. Let it go so that you can be loosed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, say thank you, Lord. For the name of Jesus, I declare over myself, in the name of Jesus, you are loosed of that infirmity, of that addiction, of that oppression, over that work of the devil. You're loosed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Woo-hoo-hoo. Rejoice. Hallelujah, we glorify God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.